You're listening to The Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Charity Craig. I have had a messy life, but through the mess, I've discovered how to live an abundant life. Now, it's my turn to help you overcome your fears and discover your dreams. I'm going to challenge the way you think about yourself, others, and God. Life is way too short not to live abundantly. Are you ready? Let's pursue an abundant life. Here we are one week into the new year and I don't know how you're feeling. This has been a doozy of a week for me. I kicked off the year getting sick. I am just now recovering as recording this podcast episode and I know talking to a lot of people that I'm close to, it's been a tough year. It seems like, you know, in the beginning of the year, a lot of times we're so excited, we're motivated, we want to start the new diet, set the goals, dream big, and we we really just the new year has this fresh new aliveness that we love feeling. And I don't know, just something about this year, I don't know if it's because of the past 2 years have just really done a doozy on all of us. It's not been so exciting, and and I guess I just wanted to kind of give you permission to be okay if this has been a slow year for you. Maybe you haven't been so excited about setting new intentions or goals. Maybe you don't give a crap about starting a new diet or saving money this year. You're just happy to just be that's okay. That's okay if you've had a slow start of this year. I know I kicked off the year being sick. It was, it's just been, it was, it's been slow for me and that's okay. So I just want to say here we are one week in, no matter what that week has been for you, I just want to send all my love and let's keep doing this. You know, this podcast is all about living an abundant life and the way we really truly live an abundant life is on purpose. It does not happen on accident. When I first started living on purpose and saying, okay, I'm really going to manifest abundance in my life, the more I got into it, I realized, wait, the abundance is already flowing into my life in so many different ways. But because I haven't been living on purpose and with intention and discipline, it just kind of is like this hose that like sprays all over the place, right? If you are, if you have a, a faucet that's on the side of your house and you just turn the spigot off on, the water just spews everywhere. Um, the water is there, right? The, the abundance is flowing, but you can't really do a whole lot with it when it's just spewing out everywhere. It kind of creates mud and things will grow and, and it will, you know, uh, water the ground, but it's nothing is really strategic. 
but then you put a hose, a garden hose on that spigot and you turn the water on. Now you can guide that water wherever you need it to go. And that's exactly what I discovered about living on purpose. Manifesting an abundant life is about becoming more intentional and disciplined and structured in your life so that when that abundant flow that's already been there all along, your awareness is just now grown in it and you're more prepared for it to guide it in the directions that you need it to utilize it for its optimal level and purpose in your life. And that's what this is about. It's about just growing in your consciousness, growing in your awareness, and figuring out how to to channel it in a more structured and guided way. And specifically today, I want to talk about sleep and the power of sleep. So I am actually leading a 60-day challenge that started the first of this year with some women. And this 60-day challenge is specifically focused on health and wellness. And this is the first time I've ever really put any energy, focused energy, uh, behind my health and wellness to once again, bring more structure, live with more intention and on purpose when it comes to my physical body and well-being. And it's, it's been fun six days in, but it's I'm learning a lot about it. And what's crazy is the book we're using is from Megan Pacheki. It's called The Optimized Living and or the optimized life and she was actually on the podcast back on uh, November 1st was her ep- episode so you can go back and listen to that conversation the book she wrote really has resonated with me i keep saying it's a divine yes when i read this book that sh- that is really vibrating on the same vibration as to how I want to live my life and how I can incorporate healthier choices when it comes to health and wellness. And so this is the book we've been doing. And what's crazy is the very first thing she talks about and how to begin this optimized living is not about the food you eat and it is not about exercising your body The very first priority that Megan touches on is sleep. It's so crazy because that's not usually, well, the first place we go when we need to lose 20 pounds, we're not like, okay, I need to get better sleep. (laughs) If we're like trying to create a, a workout schedule so that we can get stronger muscles, the first thing that we don't go to is how is my sleeping habits? But the first thing she hits on is sleep. And this really goes along with Ariana Huffington. She's the founder of Huffington Post. She in recent years, turned her workaholic, sleep-deprived lifestyle, you know, like, I'll sleep when I'm dead sort of mentality on its head after she had her whole body collapsed. And she had to be in the hospital because she hit her head and it just really wrecked her 
personally, and it kind of sent her on a personal journey, which brought her to this place that she has now written uh, several books on this topic. One on is called Thrive, and the other book is called The Sleep Revolution. And she is just focusing the importance of sleep in her life. So in recent years, there's really been an awakening around how sleep is so vital to the wholeness and wellness of of, a, of our bodies and our and our life and and how it just plays such a vital part. And you know, I've never struggled with sleep, honestly. I mean, the second my head hits the pillow, I'm out. But one thing I haven't ever done is had very good sleep habits. You know, I've always been one. I'd stay up late watching, you know, movies. Um, I Then I couldn't drag myself out of bed in the morning. I would, you know, live with lack of sleep. And so a lot of, in a lot of areas of my life, I would, it would affected me, you know, my mood, my energy, just my overall quality. And it just has, it hasn't been until just recent years that I've begun to be like, okay, you're getting too old to act like this. You need to start paying attention. You need to start turning off the TV and going to bed. And I, I, I discovered, you know, children kind of force you to get in these early routines and getting up and stuff like that. Um, but I started discovering in these recent years when I started being more intentional, I realized, wow, I feel good great when I go to bed at a decent time. And I don't miss the fact that I didn't watch four episodes of Friends. Like, I feel good. And I would have this really quality time in the mornings. And so the more I felt that, the more I felt the energy of that, the more I began to look for better habits when it came to sleep. So, so research has really begun to show how when you get enough sleep, good sleep, that deep REM sleep. Uh, when you get the sleep that you need, you're you're going to get sick less often. You tend to keep a healthier weight, and you will you can lower your risk for like serious health problems such as like diabetes, heart disease. Sleep reduces stress. It improves your mood. If you get a good night's sleep, you're in such a better mood. Um, it makes you think clearer when you're at work or at school. You get along better with people and you, you make better decisions and honestly, less injuries because, you know, if you're drowsy and driving, you have a risk of having accidents. And they say that drowsy drivers actually cause thousands of accidents every year. So just getting good sleep eliminates so many of those risks in your life. And then psychology has even begun to study the impact of dreams while you sleep. And they're beginning to see how it helps you store important memories and things that you've learned. Um, you can get rid of unimportant memories and just sort of sort through complicated thoughts and feelings. So, so much happens when we sleep. And more and more science and psychology is starting to understand that there is a very important part of ourselves that needs good sleep. So if you're someone that has struggled in this area, this is time to just begin to become a student 
begin to pay attention to this and find and discover ways that you can begin to improve to get better sleep. One of the people uh, that I have found that has kind of come on the scene in recent years is Dr. Michael Brios. I think I'm saying it right. It's the sleep doctor. Um, He has just recently written a book and he talks about how that everyone doesn't have the same genetic makeup when it comes to our sleeping patterns, our biological clocks. We all just really actually have very different. And, you know, we've all heard of early birds or night owls. This is actually something that stems from a genetic makeup. This isn't just, you know, someone that's an early bird has you know, better discipline in their life and night owls are just lazy and, and stay up all night and they're undisciplined. A lot of that is, is a genetic makeup. People have optimal brain power, energy. There's people that actually love to get their best work done between 10 and 2 a.m. That they're just made up that way. And then there's these other people that they need to go to bed when the sun does and they're bright and early, bright-eyed, bushy-tail. Not me, but there are those people and they are just naturally wired that way. And so the sleep doctor, Dr. Michael Brias, says that there, everyone falls into four different types that he calls chronotypes. And he actually offers a test, a free test that you can take to find out what your chronotype is. I will put the link to that test in the show notes so that you can go figure out which chronotype you are. And the the really amazing thing about learning about these different types is that they don't just affect your sleep. It's not just the sleep aspect of your life, but it is all areas of your life that this includes. So your chronotype can include your appetite, your core body temperature, your productivity windows. I mean, even like there's so much that happens on a rhythm, a natural rhythm. And knowing your chronotype, like knowing exactly how your body works and what time is best for different activities is going to be extremely helpful for you as you begin to live on purpose, as you begin to practice building and creating an abundant life for yourself. You're going to have more tools and awareness to know how and what you need to do to live your optimized life. So I'm going to quickly just go through the four different chronotypes just to kind of maybe you can kind of catch one that says, "Mm, yep, that sounds like me. So the first one is the dolphin chronotype. It is only 10% of the population, and this one is kind of the hardest for someone to create a sleep schedule around. These people tend to have trouble finding schedules. They're very light sleepers. They're sensitive to sound, to light. You know, someone turns on a light in the other room, and you just, your eyes pop open, and now I can't go back to sleep. That is the dolphin chronotype. There's then the lion chronotype, which is what we would consider the early bird, right? Early to bed, early to rise. These are the people that their eyes pop open and they're ready to go. There's just there. It's time to get some work done. So they are very productive in those early morning hours. And then the third chronotype is the bear chronotype. This is going to be 
about 55% of the population. I'm actually a bear myself. And these people are going to be the people that the most of society, I mean, society is structured around the bear chronotype, meaning they get their most productivity before noon. Um, and they usually start having a decline in energy around the late afternoon. And then they just kind of go to bed when it's the sun. Um, and so they're just kind of that middle of the day sort of people. So that nine to five is usually their peak hours. And that's why they do so well in our culture, because everything is kind of built around that time frame. And then the fourth chronotype is the wolf chronotype. And this is going to be the night owl. These are the people that they sleep in. They have no energy until about four o'clock. They hit their stride and then they go well into the night doing so many productive things. These are the wolf chronotypes. Now, as you begin to grow in your awareness with this, it can set so yourself free in so many ways. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, we've heard if you've listened to any like self-help gurus or like productivity, productivity people that are like, you know, let me tell you how you can do this and that and the other. And and it seems like overwhelmingly, they're like, you need to be up at 5 a.m. and you need to work out and you need to do this and do that, you know, and you're thinking, um, I can't even peel my eyes open. There must be something wrong with me. No, it's probably that this is not going to be your rhythm that works best for you. And knowing now that there are different rhythms and finding what your rhythm is, you can shut those voices out. These people that are telling you to get up at 5 a.m. and start running a mile and exercise and do all this you know, intense workout or work in the mornings, it, it, you can be like, well, nope, that doesn't work well for me. I'm going to do better around lunchtime. So you know what? During my lunch is when I'm going to do this extra work. This is when I'm going to really hone in and be disciplined with my goal setting or my to-do list or whatever that is. So the more you grow in awareness, the more tools you have to be in charge of how you are going to live your life and build this life for you. Your life is custom built for you. You are in charge. So hopefully this will be able to give you some new tools and awareness around how your body works and how you you operate in your sleep cycle. And before we finish, I want to give a few tips and things that you can do to start living more on purpose when it comes to getting better sleep in your life. Uh, some of the things that um, Megan suggests in her book um, are, are to really begin to start a consistent sleep routine. And one of the things that you can do is begin to have evening routines and your early morning routine. So some of the things that you can do to establish these routines is um, begin to create your environment. You may dim your lights, start playing some soft music, maybe an hour before it's time for bed, burn some candles, um, diffusing some essential oils. There's some great essential oils that will begin to um, calm you down. Lav lavender is a great one to have to start 
calming your body down. Um, you can set up like a cozy corner in your room. Um, and, and then you can do certain things like ending and starting your day with prayer, meditation, um, starting maybe a gratitude journal and begin to think and, and bring yourself into a place of gratitude. Other things that you can do is turn off your electronics. We, you know, studies have shown that the being on your electronics will continue to stimulate your mind, overstimulate it. And so then when you go to go to sleep, your brain is still running wild. So just maybe turning off your electronics and not turning them on when you first wake up, giving yourself some time to begin to wake up your mind. Um, also, you, you can also begin to pay attention deep breathing before you go to bed, or maybe once you get in bed, begin to flood your body with oxygen by just practicing that slow, deep breathing in and out, slowing yourself down mentally. Um, you can do some stretching or intentional mu movement. So maybe some like yoga, some, you know, in the evenings, it might be some relaxing yoga and stretching in the mornings, it might be a little bit more aggressive to wake you up. Another thing that you can do is begin read or journal. You know, reading can help slow you down. And uh, they have sh uh, studies have shown that even getting the temperature in your room down to like 65, the colder you can get it down like that is your body will then slow down and really get into that REM sleep. And if that's not possible, um, you could even get, they have these like cooling mats that you can put under your sheets to bring your body temperature down um, to really get some of that deeper sleep. Um, cut out caffeine. Uh, Megan suggests after three, but you know, this is something you're going to want to test and see if you're one to get that afternoon kick and you need that cup of coffee or soda in the afternoon to keep you going. Um, you may find then then at 10 o'clock at night, you're still like wired and you can't get to sleep. And then, you know, so you're up till midnight, then the alarm gets sets off at five o'clock for work. You drag yourself out. You can't wake up. And then the vicious cycle starts all over again. And it could just be because you're drinking that afternoon coffee. And so paying attention to what time is time to cut off the caffeine. Uh, cutting out alcohol, you know, alcohol can put you to you know, kind of makes you drowsy initially, but it has shown that it actually then doesn't allow you to go into a deep sleep. So you're actually not getting good sleep um, when you you have been drinking a little bit of alcohol. And something else too is um, you can have some time to reflect and set goals for your day. Like that's something too, just being intentional with that reflecting on the day, writing out different things that have happened that day um, will actually help with memory. They say if you just if you just write out what you did that day and then before you go to sleep, that that actually helps with long-term memory. So just doing something like that will actually can help in the end. Um, and then other things too, like there's supplements that you can start taking. Uh, chamomile tea is something great. Um, Megan talks about taking magnesium, just low dose, maybe like 100 to 350 milligrams um, because magnesium helps with like physical and muscle calmness. Uh, melatonin, if you want to take some like 
time-release melatonin. Our bodies naturally produce melatonin, but maybe having that extra support if you have trouble falling to sleep that you can be taking that as well. So these are just a few things that you can begin to intentionally do that will allow you to begin to set yourself up for success and getting the sleep that your body needs. Remember, we're not victims in our life. Even if your job requires wacky hours that are completely opposite to what your true sleep cycle is, you can begin to live on purpose and intention and and, and still support your body, even if circumstances outside of yourself are not at the optimal level. We're not victims, so you can still do things to set yourself up for success. So hopefully this will help you get started and moving in the direction to getting better sleep. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Let me know what you think about it. You can tag me on Instagram at Charity L. Craig. And may you sleep well as you pursue an abundant life. Talk to you next week. I wanted to say thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you have a special gift that this world needs. Keep on growing. Keep becoming the better version of yourself. No matter what, stay present in this moment as you pursue an abundant life.